So glad you're worshiping with us this morning. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, I just pray that you'll take the time and just turn toward God and uh, praise Him right now. Here we go. Holy water on my skin, like holy. 
morning, Ridge family. How are we doing? Um, we're so glad that you could um, take the time to join our service this morning. I know that many of you guys are on your couch right now, um, and streaming is kind of starting to become normal, which is a little bit odd. Um, but if you're anything like me, um, I'm going to take this moment just to get my heart right, because I know that... I, I struggle with focus sometimes, but my prayer this morning is just that our hearts would be ready to worship God, um, that we would truly hear from him. And so we just want to remind you guys um, that you are the church and that God is continuing to give us opportunities. And so through this difficult time, you are missionaries. And I want you to look for those opportunities. Um, Pastor Bob um, has mentioned our bingo card and just all these different creative ways. But we trust that God's Holy Spirit is the one leading you. He's the one showing you the people that you need to minister to this morning. And so as we stop, as we pray this morning, I just ask that God would just continue to work in us. Um, we're so glad that you've been connected. Um, continue if you have any prayer requests to send those our way, or even if just there's a need that you have. Um, so let's bow and begin with the, this morning with a word of prayer. Lord, I just ask, um, Lord, that we would not just press play, um, and God, but check out. Lord, that we would not just turn it on and, God, not even really pay attention. But Father, I pray this morning that through these songs, through your word, God, that we are renewed, we are refreshed, Father, that your spirit inside of us teaches us this morning. Father, I pray that we become more and more like you, and God, as we continue to not really see each other in person, Lord, we long for the day that we get to worship, not just together, but with you, Father. Lord, I do, I just pray that this service, God, would touch lives. In your name, amen.
Bye. 
my very present help in time of need. Yeah. 
You are a blessing from God. Friends here on earth and one day in heaven, God knows we all need some help on the way. That's why I say, you are a blessing from God. God puts us here for a lifetime. It's not always easy to do. So he sends us friends at the right time to help us to see the way through. Enjoy our in sorrow to find hope for tomorrow to remind us to always be true. God gives us friends, a lifetime of friends, and I'm glad he gave me you. You are a blessing from God. Friends here on earth and one day in heaven God knows we all need some help on the way. That's why I say, you are a blessing from God. You've made a difference, I'm sure more than you'll ever know. You planted seeds and left footprints in places few others would go. Many trees you have planted now have their own branches, spreading hope to the people they meet. Touching more hearts who are touching more hearts, a continuing legacy. You are a blessing from God. Friends here on earth and one day in heaven. God knows we all need some help on the way. That's why I say you are a blessing from God. Welcome, Ridge family. It's good to see you this morning by way of stream. Just want to kind of give you an update. We just got to enjoy some of those selfies. We appreciate you taking time to send those in. And so the left side of the sanctuary in the middle is about 98% full. And so you get a little picture here. And so we're putting them all up on the pews. Our goal is to fill all these up in the next week or so. And so we appreciate you taking time to send those selfies in. Next week, as a reminder, we shared uh, the midweek reminder, but next Sunday, we're going to take time to just give a word of thanks to our first responders and our medical staff. So we're asking you to be a little creative, come up with a way, maybe a, some kind of a poster, maybe something you've seen on Facebook that just really expresses thanks to those who are serving on the front lines. We want you to send those to us, and we want to put together a PowerPoint. We've already got our first one, as I mentioned uh, back on Wednesday. Aiden Temple already had a poster, already did a, a thank 
you to the first responders, so we appreciate Aiden. Two weeks from today, we're going to have, we're going to encourage you to send some pictures of those who are graduating this year, whether from high school or college. And we also want to acknowledge teachers and educators. And so if you're a teacher, an educator, or you have a favorite teacher, Please send us a picture. Maybe there's something in the picture that would remind you of why they're important to you. So just kind of remember that. And if possible, if we could get the selfies by Wednesday at 4 p.m., that helps us put everything together. So if you didn't see your selfie, I just want you to understand we have it somewhere and we'll, we'll get it on in the weeks to come. But again, thank you for your faithfulness in sending those selfies. I mentioned on Wednesday, last Sunday, on Easter Sunday, when we were worshiping together, we got someone joining us all the way from South Korea, and they're about 14 hours ahead of us. So while we were worshiping uh, last Sunday morning about 9.30 to 10.30, it was about 11.30 to 12.30 at night there. And so we appreciate Jason. He's in the military, and so we appreciate him jumping on and worshiping with us. It is kind of unique to not know who is going to join us each week and worship together. And again, even though we're not together physically, we really are together in the spirit realm, and that's pretty exciting. I just want to mention one of the things that's been uplifting to me is to see how people are coming together during this situation. You know, churches that sometimes have differences are coming together and uniting together to give one voice. And I think that's pretty special. And here's a case up in Virginia where 12 churches joined together to send an Easter message to the world by using their cars. And they followed all the guidelines of the six foot and they literally parked their cars where it says he is risen. So I think that's pretty good when you can get 12 churches together that may not see eye to eye on everything but yet they can join together to lift up the Lord. And then Roz McNeil sent me this. If you haven't got a chance to look at it on YouTube, it's the Pittsburgh Blessing. But they have about two, over two dozen churches that join together by virtual choir. They're all singing in different places, but somebody has spliced them all together. And it is really a powerful, powerful message of blessing from God. And so again, whenever you can get 24 churches of all different uh, walks and denominations, and even though we have, again, many differences, we have one thing in common, and that's Jesus Christ. Very powerful. If you get a chance, I hope that you'll look it up on YouTube and take a look at it. And so I just wanted to share a few things that have been good to me. I've been sharing every Sunday some of my favorite slides or things sent to me. Uh, Cindy Berryman, who's kind of a, a second mom to Brad Russell and Bob Caldwell. I don't know how she does that with Bob. But anyway, she, she always has some funny stuff. And so I just appreciate her sense of humor. And again, there's enough serious stuff. There's enough stress. But to have someone put some things out there that make you kind of smile and giggle, I just appreciate her wit. This is one of the things that she sent out this week. The world has flipped upside down. Old folks are sneaking out of the house and their kids are yelling at them to stay indoors. And so the roles have reversed. Anyway, I appreciate Cindy. Appreciate her sense of humor. 
And then uh, Juliana Ziegler, I actually text her, I saw this on Facebook, I asked her, can I use it? And she said, just make sure you know, or the, the, the folks know, that I just didn't send it, it was requested. So I did request it, but when I saw this, I thought, how unique, because now we're living in a day where toilet paper becomes extremely important, and she's wearing a toilet paper dress designed by her sister-in-law, Rebecca Ziegler. So I just want to say, Rebecca, how you can look at a roll of toilet paper and see that dress is amazing. But I just thought how creative people are during these times to come up with that. So I appreciate you letting me use the picture. And again, I just appreciate the creativity of Rebecca. And I thought this was kind of amazing because there are so many... Uh, Healthcare workers on the front line, and you know, when you put the mask and all the things on, no one can really see your face. But here, they put a picture of themselves on the outside of their, of their scrubs, and it's pictures of them smiling or laughing. And it really gives a very positive message. And so again, I don't know who these folks are, but I thought how creative to come up with a way when they're working with the patients that they can express their joy and their love in serving. So I thought that was really, really a great idea. We appreciate that. Steve Pelton asked uh, some of the folks that I know to send pictures, and uh, Sheriff Pelton sent me this picture. He had a lot of different pictures, and the reason I just want to focus on this picture, it's with his grandson, Jack, and he texts back to me after he sent it and said, this is my favorite. And it really does remind us what's important in life. And so the men and women who are on the front lines serving our community, whether it's uh, first responders or in the healthcare industry, you know what, we, we need to always remember that they have family. And what's really, really important when it's all said and done is our family. So I appreciate uh, Brother Steve, I appreciate his heart. And again, sending this picture and saying to me, this is my favorite picture, and certainly we can relate to that. One of the things we focused on last week on Easter is the cross and the heart in the middle of the cross. Bruce Penite, who does a lot of photography, he sent me this picture and he said, of all the pictures I've taken over the years, this is my favorite. And so I just wanted to share, and it really is a beautiful image of the cross it reminds us of the incredible love that God had for us. And then John and Jan sent this selfie. I think they sent it last week, but it went along perfectly with our Easter message, again, about the cross and the love of God. It's a little saying that says it wasn't nails that held him to the cross, but his love for you and me. What a beautiful, beautiful saying. Because it wasn't the nails, but the fact that he loved us and that he wanted to spend an eternity with us. So he died so that you and I could spend an eternity with him. Isn't that amazing? And this was probably my favorite selfie last week. And it's from my sister and my brother-in-law, Gary and Linda Morgan. They live up in West County. And so they're pointing to the live stream uh, last week. And so to show us that they were watching the stream... But Gary, even though he's probably just pointing to the TV, it's amazing because it's such a, a beautiful moment. He's not only pointing to the TV, he's pointing to the cross. He's not only pointing to the cross, but he's pointing to the heart that's on the cross. And really that was the central part of the message last week is the incredible love 
of God. And so when I saw that picture, I thought, what an amazing picture as he points to the cross and the heart on the cross, again, to remind us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I really do appreciate all the selfies. I appreciate the input. It's just been so much fun and enjoyment just going through and looking. So I appreciate, again, you all participating and sending those. Today we want to look in the book of Philippians, chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple verses, verses 6 and 7. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. He established the church in Philippi, and it's recorded in Acts chapter 16. I believe it was one of the first churches in Eastern Europe. And after he spent time there, and it's kind of that classic passage in the Bible. You remember they were thrown in, in jail, and at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praises to God. Well, he leaves Philippi, and the church at Philippi sent kind of a... a, a uh, supplies to him, kind of a love basket, if you will, and they sent it to the, uh, the Apostle Paul while he was in prison in Rome. And so he sends back this letter, and again, he has a heart for the church at Philippi, and in this letter, he's trying to encourage them in the middle, and again, he's writing from prison. I mean, you know, we think we have it tough being homebound or saying that we have a kind of an in-house suspension. He was in prison. And yet, even in prison, just before this verse, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. And the line right before this is, The Lord is near. So even in prison, he was able to say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. And then we go to verse 6 here. And so let's read it together. If you're at home watching, let's just read together verse 6. Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He says, first of all, be anxious for nothing. You know, these days that we're living in, they tend to cause us to be anxious or cause us to be worried. That word anxious there, the King James actually uses the word careful, and it's used in Luke chapter 10, the story of Mary and Martha, and we'll look at that in just a minute. But the word actually means to worry, to have anxiety, to be concerned, to be pulled in different directions. And so this picture really gives us a graphic image of what anxiety is or what worry is. And so even though we're Christians, and you notice this guy, if you can see it in his right hand, he has a briefcase with faith. His left hand, he has the Bible. So even though he has a grip on faith, a grip on the Bible, it's still possible, even as a Christian, going through these days to find ourselves worried and stressed out. And so the Apostle Paul says, be anxious or don't worry about anything. And sometimes it's easier to say that than to actually experience in our life. And so again, very beautiful word. I saw these stats about what we're going through with the COVID-19 virus. And again, I don't know who they, they interview, supposedly over a thousand people, but these are some of the stats. Anxious about getting sick. 48% of the people surveyed were anxious, that word anxious, or worried about getting sick. 40% of the people were anxious about getting seriously ill. And 36% of the people were having serious effect on, on their mental health. 
And so obviously when we worry, when we, when we become anxious, it affects us mentally. And I know you've heard it said, and I've said it many times, that, you know, our mind, the doctors tell us that when we're stressed out, when we've got, got a lot of negativity in our mind, it affects us physically. And so while we're going through and navigating through these days, how in the world is it possible to be anxious for nothing? How is it possible to be calm and not to stress out? And so that's what Paul, as he's writing from Roman prison, he's writing to the church at Philippi, telling them to relax, to not be anxious about anything. You know, as I read that, I thought about the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount when he was trying to tell his believers from the very beginning, don't worry, do not worry, don't stress out, don't be anxious. He gives several examples here. First of all, the birds of the air. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Jesus says, just relax. You know, the birds of the air, your heavenly Father feeds them, he takes care of them, and you're of more value than them. I just again want to remind you how important you are to God, that he loves you so much. As a matter of fact, one day this week, I woke up early in the morning. It was even before the, the daylight began to break, and I could hear the birds out singing. And as I sat there and thinking about preparing the message, I thought to myself, here these birds are outside just singing just singing and making melody to God, even though they probably didn't know where the next worm or where the next meal was going to come from. And so Jesus tells the disciples again, don't be anxious. Don't worry. God has this thing. So he uses the birds of the air. The second illustration is the lilies. He says, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So he uses the birds of the air and then he uses the flowers. And he says, just consider the lilies. I mean, how they grow. They don't toil, they don't spin, they don't stress out. And yet Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Again, I just want to remind you that if we listen to everything going on out here, it's possible as a Christian, literally, to be stressed out. And so Paul says, do not be anxious. And we need to understand that God cares about us deeply. The third illustration Jesus used was grass. He says, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And I know it's very stressful. And I know with all the economic things going on, it's very, very easy to find ourselves, even as a believer, getting stressed out. And I think also the isolation also creates a problem. But that's why it's so important that if Paul, writing from a Roman prison, can say to the church at Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. And then a, a beautiful example, a very familiar story of Mary and Martha, they kind of picture the two ways to live the Christian life. Martha was kind of a worried, stressed out person, and Mary seems to be very laid back, very chilled. She almost appears to be lazy, but I don't think she was lazy. 
But I believe she understood the importance of sitting at the feet of Jesus. And so if you remember in the story of Mary and Martha, and he uses the same word that Paul uses when he says, be anxious for nothing. Same exact word is used here in this particular story. Martha comes to Jesus, if you remember, and she says, Jesus, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Kind of funny that Martha didn't just go to Mary because siblings, we often don't listen to each other. So one thing Martha knew, and I'll give her credit for, Martha came to Jesus and said, don't you care that my sister has left me? Tell her to help me. Here's what Martha knew, that if Jesus asked Mary to do it, she would do it. Martha understood what motivated Mary, and that was the voice of Jesus. And Jesus knew that Martha was really, really stressed out. He knew that she was anxious and worried. And listen to what he says to Martha here. Again, using the same word that Paul used. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. He says to Martha, Martha, you're way too stressed out. You got way too much anxiety. Slow down, slow down. And so I believe in these days that we're living in, it's so easy to find ourselves on an emotional roller coaster, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. That's why the words that Paul speaks are so, so relevant to the day in which we're living. Be anxious for nothing. And as more that you know the heart of God, the more that you know the love of God, you're going to understand that he cares about. You don't need to be anxious about anything. And then he goes on to say, not only not be anxious for nothing, but he says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So don't stress, don't worry about anything, but he says pray about everything. Go to God and just seek God and just sit before God's feet and understand that he has this thing. And I just want to remind you something you already know as a believer. God hasn't been caught off guard by this COVID-19. God is not up there stressed out. God is completely in control. You know, all of our life we preach and we talk about trusting God, believing God, trust and obey. There's no other way. But many times we in America have never been put to the test like we are now. But it really is a great time to acknowledge that we don't have to worry about anything. But we need to pray about everything. I love this picture of Jesus holding the world. And I just want to remind you, I believe the world is in his hands and the control of it. One of the scriptures in Isaiah 40, very beautiful scripture, says, He who measured the waters in the hollow of his hand are with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens. Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on scales and the hills in the balance? And so when you think about God really being in control of everything, and if we understood that, if we understand who God is and the love of God, it helps us to relax and know that even though it's big for us, it's not big for God. And so I just want to put kind of a, a COVID-19 stress pack on there. And so even though it affects the whole world, I think my la the latest total I heard was about 170-something countries have been affected by the COVID-19 virus. 
And even though that seems ginormous to us, I just want to remind you that God has this thing. So we're not to worry about anything, but Paul says pray about everything. And so today in our service, we're doing something a little different. We actually have four or five of our members who are actually live with us today, and I've asked them to come and to to lead in prayer. And so we're going to join together because, again, Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. And so I'm going to have, uh, we're going to pray for our country. We're going to pray for the church, the believers. And then we also want to pray for the first responders. And so I've asked Elaine Davis, who's one of our prayer warriors here, and uh, Judge Davis, I don't know if he's going to be able to, I think she's going to let him sit with him, so that's good. And so we appreciate them coming, and I've asked her just to give a prayer for our nation. So let's join together, wherever you're listening, as Elaine leads us and just challenges us to pray for this great nation. Heavenly Father, it is with great humility and honor that I come before your throne today and to intercede for our great nation. There's no doubt in my mind that you designed this whole country from beginning to end. And it, it all went back so many years. And Father, you heard the cries of people in England wanting to worship freely and not have to worship the way that the uh, president was telling them to do. And so, Father, truly, you had a plan and a purpose for our nation. And we thank you for that, God. Going all the way back to Christopher Columbus, Father, he, when he landed on each island, he would tell his men to erect a large wooden cross. Think of that. As a token of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and honor in the, of the Christian faith, and according to Columbus's personal log, his purpose in seeking undiscovered worlds was twofold, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the heathen and to bring your word, God, to unknown coastlands. And in another letter written to Thomas Jefferson by John Adams, he wrote, I have examined all religions mm. as well as my narrow sphere and my straightened means and my busy time would allow. And the result is that the Bible is the best book in the world. It contains more philosophy than all the libraries I have seen. So you can see that these people, these founders, were in love with Christ and wanted to spread the gospel throughout the world. And most of our other founding fathers read the Bible regularly and prayed daily. And in addition, many of our presidents and elected officials have done so too. I believe with all my heart that these people realized that uh, they did not have the knowledge, they did not have the wisdom, uh, they, didn't, didn't, they couldn't lean on their own understanding. They needed to trust in God, and so they called upon you, Almighty God, and searched the scriptures regularly. Now, our nation has endured wars, We've had endured pestilences, nor tornadoes. Financially, we've seen um, 
depressions and recessions, but you, O oh Lord, have been our anchor and our wisdom to get through each of these crises. And with all the people that have been affected by this coronavirus and haven't been able to work enough to pay their bill, we are seeing, like our pastor said, much fear, anxiety, and worry. And please listen to what your word says to do when you are in the midst of the storms. There's a s tons of scriptures. You, you need to say, in the day of my trouble, I will call to you, O Lord, for you will answer me. And my worrying and being anxious will not add one unit of measure to my stature or to the span of my life. Mm. I will not let the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things to come in and choke the world, the word making it unfruitful. I cast the whole of my care, all of my anxieties, all my worries, all my concerns, once and all on him, on you, Jesus, for Amen. you care for us affectionately Amen. and care about all that we do. The fear of man brings a snare, but I lean on, trust in, and put my confidence in you, O Lord, and I'm safe and set on high. And so, Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word, because that is what sets us free. That's what encourages us. That's what builds us up. And Father, uh, just... Uh, Go to those people who are sick right now, comfort them and encourage them, God, with your word. Send the perfect labor, God, to them to minister to those folks, Father, because they need you. You are the answer to all a man's needs. And we thank you by faith for what you are going to do and give you all the praise, honor, and glory in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Appreciate Elaine and Judge Davis. I know they have just such a passion. If you know Elaine at all, I mean, she just oozes with passion for prayer and, and calling our nation back to the Lord. And it is amazing during these days as Bill's coming, how many people are talking about prayer. It's amazing how prayer is coming to the forefront. And so appreciate Bill Spangler. Uh, he's our prayer coordinator here, and so I appreciate him uh, willing to come and just be a part of the service. And he's going to be praying today for the church, the body of Christ. And so I appreciate Bill. I'm going to turn it over to you, Bill. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, our God, we come before your throne, Lord. For you are the one true God that loves his people. Lord, as you see and you know the situation that's going on in our world today and across this country, in this state, and in our community, we are lifting up our church members to you, O oh Father. We ask in the name of Jesus, like the time, Lord, that you were in that ship, and the disciples were so worried mm. and anxious. And they woke you up in fear. And they said, Carest not that we perish. But you turned to the wind and you turned to the sea and said, Peace, be still. That's right. And the sea mm. became calm. The winds calmed down. 
Jesus, we ask for you to speak peace to our church family. Yes. Those that are in need, Father, those that have fear, bring peace mm. to them. Father, we pray for those that have loved ones in mm -hmm. hospitals and nursing homes because they're not able to go visit them and love them and let them know that they care about them. Father, I pray that you would hold them in your arms. Give them peace. Let them feel your spirit. And be with them this moment. Father, I pray for those that this virus is causing financial problems in our church, in our family, in our communities. Father, I pray that you would bless them and be their provider. Your word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch them and be with them in this hour. And Lord, as we look across the sanctuary this morning, today and it being empty, but I pray for the folks that normally sit here in this empty pews. Mm -hmm. At home, their hearts will be full of your joy and hope and peace. Mm -hmm. Father, come to the rescue of your people, and I know you will. For in this thing that we're learning, God, that the church is not made up of brick and mortar, but we are the church in our homes and in our communities and where we live and work. Mm. And Lord, allow this, Father, to move in our hearts and our spirit and make us any, even greater for your work, God, that when we do gather back here in this sanctuary, that we will bring back reports of praise. We will bring back testimonies like the one that we heard last Sunday and Stephanie Manhart, that will show the glory of God and what you have done and what you will do hmm. in this time of need. Hmm. Father, I praise you and I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Bless this community. Bless the Christ-like believers in our church and in this area of God. And just bring us closer to you. Mm. For we ask in the mighty, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Amen. Appreciate Elaine is praying for our, our nation. And uh, Brother Bill praying for the, the body of Christ. And then we're going to pray for our first responders, our medical staff. One of the first individuals I thought of was Michaela Suttles. And so I appreciate Michaela. Her dad is a sergeant with the Franklin County uh, Sheriff's Department. I appreciate this young lady, just is so genuine, has a heart for, for God. And I appreciate Karen coming and being a support there. And so I've asked her to pray for our first responders. And who better with a heart for first responders and people on the front lines 
than a daughter who sees her dad go out every day and just, again, put their life on the line for our community. So, Michaela, I'm going to turn it over to you. Lord, please bless our first responders and all essential employees during this time of unrest and fear. Lord, I pray that you continue to protect and bless them. We know you love us, Lord, as it says in Jeremiah 29:11. We know you want us to prosper and live through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I know that was a big step for Michaela, so I'm really very, very proud of her. By the way, if you're wondering, we have nine people here with the production and everybody, so we're under that 10 limit. But again, Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I believe we're to be thankful, even in the middle of this crisis, the middle of this virus, I think it's possible to have a spirit of thanksgiving when we realize the incredible love that God has for us. And then finally, the third part of it in verse 7. Again, be anxious for nothing, pray about everything, and then he goes on to say, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I don't know of anyone that could not use the peace of God. In the middle of so much uncertainty out here, I believe when we find ourselves not being anxious for anything and praying about everything, we all of a sudden begin to experience the peace of God when our mind is on God and not caught up in all the stuff that's going on out here. I love how Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. I just want to say that where your mind is really reflects whether you're going to stress or not. If you're a Martha believer, your your mind is going to be out here. You're going to find yourself worried and stressed about many things. But if you're a Mary kind of a believer, just sitting at the feet of Jesus, just understanding his goodness, his love, even though everybody out here is stressed, I want you to know that you could be at perfect peace just sitting at the feet of Jesus because we're trusting in our Heavenly Father. Isn't that a great promise? Again, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Do you know anyone that could use some perfect peace? I know, boy, that verse always is an encouragement to me. Someone said they had a contest and tried to, they wanted to bring pictures back of what perfect peace look like. And so one of the entries came back with this lake, and it's very calm, it's at sunset, it's very quiet, very beautiful, even has Sleepy there sleeping on the boat. I mean, you talk about calm, you talk about peaceful, this certainly seems to capture that. But the other picture that came back seemed to be completely opposite. The other picture that came back is of a forest fire. There's a lightning. I mean, it's dark. There's a storm. There's smoke. And you would look at that and say, how in the world would that represent peace? But if you look real closely at the center, the left center part of the screen, and I'll kind of enlarge it for you so you can see it, that in the middle of the storm, there's a bird sitting on a nest singing. I really believe the biblical definition of peace is not everything out here being calm. I believe the biblical definition of peace is when everything is chaotic out here. When we're anxious about nothing but praying about everything, 
Biblical peace says that we can experience that peace in the middle of an amazing crisis. That's why Paul, writing from a Roman prison, could say, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, Rejoice. I mean, Paul was looking at maybe his life coming to an end, but he said to me, to live is Christ. But if, but if I die, it's gain. Paul had such a great attitude, and it wasn't because everything was good, but it was because his mind was stayed on God. So I believe a more accurate view of peace is not the quiet lake with the boat and everything being still. Because very seldom in life is it that way. But I believe it's in the middle of it that we can enjoy. I want to share this. We're getting down to the end. Rochelle Maples, I saw this on Facebook. I texted her, asked her if I could share it. And she said that I could. I had the privilege of performing a wedding ceremony for her and her husband a few years ago. She's a great photographer. But she sat down. I, I just was captivated by her, this picture of her sitting and just looking at the cross. And this is what she wrote in her, in her post. As I sat at the foot of the cross, I pictured Jesus up there dying for all of our sins. While in a way it broke my heart, it also filled my heart with love, knowing that God loves us so much that he would send his only son so that we could all be saved. But as I sit here now and hold my own son in my arms, I just can't imagine. His love is the greatest example of unconditional love. This world is scary, yes. Be careful and mindful, but above all, trust God to keep you safe. He loves you more than you'll ever know. He is the only one that can give you peace that surpasses all understanding. When it doesn't make sense in the midst of the storm, peace. Be still and know that I am God. That's a pretty powerful message of this young mother that was expecting. Now, I've got to tell you, not long after this picture, they gave birth to Noah. And so I just wanted to shoot a picture there, beautiful family. But boy, she just really encaptured what we were talking about, about learning to have peace in the middle of the craziness of life. So I just wanted to say as we close today, I just want to encourage you that if you find yourself struggling, and even as a Christian, if we allow ourselves to drift, it is possible to be a born-again Christian on your way to heaven and literally be stressed out. I just want to encourage you to either call or text, and this number will go to one of our, actually goes to about six different staff, and we will get back with you. Maybe you're listening, and maybe right where you are, you just know that you find yourself way too stressed. Maybe you're listening, and maybe for the first time in your life, you know that you need to open up your heart and give your life to Jesus Christ. I pray that right where you are, I can't imagine living one day without God's help, without God being my, my calm, my peace. I just want to encourage you right where you are just to acknowledge that Jesus died for you, ask him to forgive you and to come into your life, and I believe he will honor that. And if you pray that prayer, please text, call. We'd love to get you a Bible, get you some more information, just try to encourage you any way that we can. I appreciate these three that have come and helped participate in prayer We're going to close today 
with some uh, pictures that you all have sent in of first responders, people on the front line. And if we've missed somebody, I apologize. We've got pictures coming in a lot of different ways. And so if I have missed someone, I apologize. But again, please try to get all your pictures in before about four o'clock on Wednesday. That helps us. I, I can't say enough how much I appreciate our first responders, the medical team that's on the front lines. We really do love you as a church. We're praying for you. I always just have kind of a, a, a goosebump, a tear in my eye when I realize the incredible love and the service that you give our community. And so for you, uh, we just want to give again these particular pictures that you all have sent. We have about 55 pictures or so, and there's almost 100 different people in, in those 50-something pictures. And I just want to say thanks. And again, we love you. Let's join together and not be anxious about anything. Let's pray about everything. And may the peace of God guide us this week. Love you guys. Pouring like a flood My soul will not